Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. What's up, podcast world? My name is Tyler with Young and Adulting today, joined by two friends today, Pastor Matt Pilot and Pastor Carissa. And it's going to be a great conversation today, wherever you're tuning in from, listening, watching, whatever you're doing, it's going to be a great conversation. Pastor Matt has been at Christ Fellowship, a pastor on team for 17 years, a campus pastor for over a decade. (laughs) That's right. You heard it, a decade. And Pastor Chris has been on team here for for seven years plus. And today we're having this awesome conversation about the power and the art of staying in a culture where we move on to the next thing faster than we blink. We're going to talk about it. We're going to hear some (laughs) wisdom on why we should stay, the power of staying and hopefully learn a little bit about um, what God has for us in the power of staying. But Pastor Matt, you are a living example of what it looks like to stay. I know you're really passionate about it. When did you maybe become passionate about staying and, and why is it important for, for us as young adults and for our listeners? Well, it's so good to be with you guys. Thanks for inviting me into your young adult space. Come on. Of course. I feel, I feel a, a little younger. <laughs> I, I am passionate about this, this idea of the power of stay. Um, I'm like many driven dreamers that want to go do something great. You get in ministry because you want to do something that's an awesome vision for your life, which means that you can get sidelines with this shiny thing or this new culture or this new innovation. Um, But I have been at Christ Fellowship 17 years, started as a campus pastor 14 years ago in a school. Um, So I understand the the tendency to want to go to the next new thing. And there were a couple of times, if I'm honest with you, that I kind of entertained, am I supposed to go do my own thing or go to the next thing or do the next church? Uh, But I felt like the Holy Spirit never released me to do that. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is, because I I didn't want to go launch into something next or new without God's calling and blessing. Yeah. It's one thing to maybe go buy a new car or, you know, try a new restaurant, but to do a new job or a new church, that's right. a big decision to yeah. be there. And so I knew well enough at least I don't want to go unless God's calling me. And what I learned when I would stay is that when you commit yourself to a place, man, uh you you have to now have a different mindset of if I stay, because I'm staying what am I going to have to do to make this work? Mm. Because sometimes what moves us is not just the new shiny thing or the new idea. It's frustration, yeah, it's tension, true. lack of, lack of I, I don't, I'm not getting to do what I want to do. So therefore, the grass is greener. I'll go there. <laughs> yeah. But if I have to make it work here, it gets a solution mindset right. to say, I've got to get solution mindset. The other thing I'd say is um, what you have to understand, what I had to understand is wherever you go, there you are. Mm. <laughs> so if you think I'm going to go there with this new thing or this new job or this new church or new pastor, you think that you're going to get a different environment, but you're bringing the mm. same person. Mm. Yeah. Many times when we stay, we are forced to look at ourselves, not just environment or culture. Look, what am I and how am I developing? 
So uh, there's so Great. much we can talk Great. about today with Stay. We're going I in. Love I, I love That's that so much. That's some passion right it there. Is. <laughs> I, it, is. it really is. I'm excited to unpack the rest of this. Krista, you want to throw some thoughts in there on that? Yeah, you know, I, I really am passionate about this. And I, I wouldn't say I have the credentials of Pastor Matt just because I'm my sheer age yeah. and experience, right? I'm 27 years old, so I've stayed at one church for a while. I've stayed five years in a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't plan on leaving, so praise God. Um, I've stayed faithful to my friends. Mm-hmm. I've stayed faithful to my mm-hmm. church, to my job, um, and I plan to stay that way. Yeah. But you know, I, I have wrestled with that ambition piece that Pastor Matt, you mentioned, and I think, I think I'm not the only one, right? I think as young adults, we often wrestle with where we're at because we have these big dreams mm-hmm. for our life. We have these hopes, you know, and and we and we think about, you know, all the things that we feel like God has called us to, right? Mm-hmm. These big things that God might want to do with our life. And then we look at where we're at and just like there's a big gap, right? Yeah. Where we are to where we want to be. And we often feel like we have to just keep moving up the ladder, moving to the next thing to get to where God wants us to be. Um, but you know, I think, I think the, the truth that's made me most passionate about this is that the difference between starting and finishing, right? Like finishing Mm. the race that God has marked out for us, um, is staying, Mm -hmm. staying right where we are. And so I do think it's a, it's a lost art in our generation. And I'm excited to, to learn from someone who has stayed. I'm still (laughs) learning. I love it. But I really am excited about this conversation because I think it's an art that all of us can get better at. We can get better at staying faithful. We can get better at pushing through the hard things and not having to always worry and yep. and, and look at what the next thing is. Yep. You mentioned the word ambition, which uh, I would love for us to talk about for a moment because in our culture, even as 20-somethings, 30-somethings, there is a big push towards the entrepreneur build, which is, which is great, mm-hmm. but we're going what's what is healthy ambition in this conversation of what is the next thing. So our culture does celebrate this, Pastor Matt, of just the, I'm going to build something, I'm going to do something. So what would you say to the young adult in, in, in that space? Uh, it, is, it, is it wrong? Is there, is there a way to have that healthy ambition as it relates to the stay conversation and, and building something? I love that. I, no, I don't think it's wrong to have an entrepreneurial vision, ambition. I don't think the word ambition is a wrong word. Right. As long as we put it under the authority of God and right. honoring God. That's God, great. if you have ambition and dream and drive, that's because you have a, a pulse. Yeah. It's because God's put passion right. and ideas in your mind. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier, Carissa, about there's a gap between where I'm at and what I see. Right. You fill the gap with faith love and that. faithfulness. And God, and then God gets you there. But to, to your point, Tyler, of entrepreneurial, I, I learned a, a term recently in a class I'm in called intrapreneur. Hmm. Write it down, people. Intrapreneur, <laughs> and it was a man. Um, uh, it was a man named Gifford Panoche who coined the phrase in 1970. But Steve Jobs, Apple founder, made it famous in 1985. Of course he did. And of course, Steve Jobs, some of you don't know who that is. He was the founder of Apple. But he would always say, think different. Mm. Think different. And entrepreneurial thinking is, I can see a different perspective. I can innovate. I can create. But the intrapreneur says, I can do that within the auspices or the organization I'm in. I don't have to go leave and start something from the beginning. I can actually bring entrepreneurship 
into where I'm at, into the space I'm at. And uh, sometimes as a campus pastor, I'm part of a Christ Fellowship multi-site campus, and we have a very clear vision, mission strategy, thank God, because God's blessing it, and we're working that plan. If you work the plan, the plan will work. (laughs) But sometimes you can feel as a driven entrepreneur, I'm confined, I don't get to preach, I don't get to do this. But I have found that within the strategy, within our, our vision and structure, there is room to innovate and create. Let me give you a real world example. If you're a group leader in young adults, if you're on the traffic team, if you're inviting people, you may have a specific script or something. We have huddle scripts. Yeah. But within the script and within the scripture it's going, what can you do to bring a full of it experience? Love what can that. you do that's extra and above and beyond? That's your personality. That's that entrepreneurial experience. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think you're so right. Like this uh this like giftedness of being a pioneer is God-given, right? There's so many people that have these amazing ideas for inventions and, uh, you know, things for the future that we need people to do, right? We need what God has put in you. We need you to do that, right? And so I think the the real question we have to wrestle with is, is why do we want to uproot from where we are mm. to start something new? And we really need to wrestle with our intentions behind it. You know, I think a lot of people, um, they, they want to be their own boss. You know, I feel like that's a big trend right now. Like I want to be my own boss. I want to set my own schedule. I want to, I want to have freedom and flexibility and working the nine to five under, you know, the typical, you know, uh, work structure with mm-hmm. a boss and, uh, and some people that work under them, um, is not going to allow me that kind of flexibility. And so, um, I think, I think the questions we have to ask ourselves is, do we want to become an entrepreneur? Do we want to start our own thing uh, because we don't like hard work? Mm-hmm. Not a good reason. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're going to become an entrepreneur, you're probably going to work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and do, do we think we're too big to serve? Because mm. if we feel like we're too big to serve somebody else, we're definitely too small to lead, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I think people go like, I want to be a manager, I want to manage something. I want to be in charge. I want to be the boss. Um, But I've learned over the years that in order to be a good manager, you have to learn to be a really excellent contributor. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think people have a hard time learning how to be a contributor to someone else's vision because they just have they they think they can do it better. They think they have, you know, the better vision or whatever it is. Um, But in order to be a really excellent manager in your future, you have to learn how to serve and Mm -hmm. come under. and really and lead underneath other leaders. Well, can I, that's so good. Everybody needs to listen to that. <laughs> um, when you use the word pioneer, yeah. uh, pioneers need partnerships. Yeah. That if you go off and launch something on your own, a company, a ministry, a business, you're going to soon learn you need investors, right. stakeholders, customers, team members, someone to carry the weight of it. Secondly, you talk about serve. You know, if you are going to go be an entrepreneur or if you're an entrepreneur, that, that's where I've gotten. I'm, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur at Christ Fellowship. Yeah. You're going to find that you're serving and you're adding value. Sorry. John Maxwell one-on-one. Everybody needs to go and read a Maxwell book because that's all he talks about. But if you're going to go be your own boss, you're going to find you're your boss to go serve somebody else's need. Mm. So you can do that right where you're at. I love that. It's great. Talking about staying, the word commitment comes up. I think back to even in between college, uh, summers in college, got the the part-time job or whatever. But a few times I didn't like the job because it was just not work I wanted to be doing. (laughs) And so it's easy to just uproot 
because I did there was there was zero buy-in. And so when we talk about staying, there's there's so many young adults who have those jobs that, that probably aren't the forever job. Sure. But they're there because God's placed them there. And so I think that's on the job side of things is we sometimes have a fear of committing and attaching our name to something. Uh, through the highs and lows, but also like even relationally. So, uh, Pastor Matt, what do you say to the to the person who is afraid of committing to something, whether it's a job or it's a relationship, X, Y, Z? Well, the first thought is, yeah, commitment can sound like a bad word today, right? Because we feel like commitment is entrapment, and it's not. You are not trapped in that forever. Um, you actually can have some healthy releases and escapes that's called a vacation that's called a (laughs) sabbath day that's called when you get overwhelmed and you get tired that's not that's not well i'm the commitment's bad it's that you're worn out i love the scripture in galatians chapter 6 where the apostle paul says don't grow weary in well doing Mm -hmm. because if you keep on sowing and investing if you do not give up you will reap a righteousness in your area you mentioned tyler about a job that it's kind of like a it's a starter job, and I really envision this. Man, you talked about a manager job, or one day I'm going to yeah. really hit it big. And I know that a job at McDonald's or something may not be the job you're going, but I will tell you that many jobs that you start entry level, you can make something of that um, where you're at because you're actually building. I love this phrase, um, compound interest. It's a banking term. Mm-hmm. If you have a 401k or you're investing in a retirement account, you need to do that, young people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you get this thing called compound interest that at, you put that $100 a month, it's not much, it's $1,000 in it. But the miracle of compound interest is it is it grows it, it miraculously. Well, I like the idea of compound influence. Mm. Mm. That if you're at the same relationship, same really group great. of friends, same team, same organization, the first couple of years doing that entry-level serving oh. job feels like nothing's happening. I remember when I first came to Christ Fellowship, I had a lot, a lot to say, a lot of dreams, a lot of opinions <laughs> that I didn't feel like I was heard at the table because I didn't build trust. But now, 17 years later, I have some of the same opinions and preferences and thoughts that people like you are asking me to speak. Why? Because 17 years give me compound influence. Yeah. And that only happens when you stay put, earn trust by being faithful. You said it very well, serve your people don't try to change your people, serve them, and you're going to find that your voice is amplified. I love that. And, and I think you're so spot on around just putting a negative connotation to the word commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, we even throw around phrases like you're in a relationship and, and you, you're afraid of commitment because you don't want to be tied down. You know, and I've heard you say that before. We've all, we've all said it. We have this negative connotation to commitment. But I love that you said that influence is built over time. Yeah. And the only way to really experience the fullness of relationships, the fullness of where you're at, is if you just give it time, mm-hmm. right? Is if you just stay. Um, I, I love that you talked about just like the job you hate, right? Your starter job. And I've had a few of those. I worked at a pottery studio when I was, I think I was 15. And my job was to wash like the paint the paint dishes that I had like paint on them and I washed those and I filled people's paints. And, you know, I had jobs like that, that I was like, man, this is not what I see for my life. You know, I'm like, this is, there's a big gap between where I want to be and where I am right now. Um, But there was so much I learned in that season that I really needed to do what I'm doing today. 
And I know that there is so much that I've yet to understand. Um, but hindsight is is clear vision, right? Yeah. When we look back and we say like, wow, God really taught me a lot in that season. And it's just what I needed for where I am today. The the humility that's grown in staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. the, yeah. Just the, the perseverance that you learn in hard seasons is so crucial to the rest of your life forever. And so I would just say, if you're in a job that you hate right now, you're flipping burgers or you're answering the phone calls or whatever it is, stick with it for a season. Don't just quit because it's hard. Mm. Don't just quit because it's not cute because staying is not, is not sexy, but it's so, so important. And so I love that you said earlier, Pastor Matt, you said uh, the grass is greener, right? We, we often feel that tension like, oh, the grass is greener if I just had a different job. Um, but I've heard somebody say it like this, and this is not maybe just not appropriate, but, you <laughs> know, the grass is greener because more people are pooping on it, right? Yeah. Like it's being more fertilized, fertilized by more people, right? Okay. And so <laughs> we, we always think like the next thing is going to be better, but you said it wherever you go. There you are, yep. right? The, the the stuff that you're experiencing, the frustration, the anger, the tension, um, the need for fulfillment yes. from your job, mm-hmm. you're just going to take with you to the next thing. And so wrestle those things down where you're at yep. um, because the problems might not be solved in the next thing. Well, and, and life is about solving problems. Right. That's why when I stayed at Christ Fellowship, I had to force myself to find solutions, yeah. learn better techniques, learn communication with people, mm-hmm. learn conflict management, mm-hmm. learn maturity, learn get over it. <laughs> uh, if I leave here for the problems here, I'm just trading for problems there. Yeah. And and the power of commitment is it also brings me a sense of comfort that if I'm staying here, and I, you're talking about jobs, I want to talk about the church, that we need church community more than ever before. That's right. And if you keep on moving to the next new thing or the next new sermon or the next new pastor who doesn't know you, who you haven't given permission to have accountability in Mm. your life, that you don't have a community of people like a young adults. I love our young adults. Then, then you're never going to flourish. The scripture I love in Psalm 92 is those who are planted in God's house will flourish in the courts of our God. I'll tell you what, I am more passionate, more excited, more healthy in my marriage my finances, my health, yeah. my relationship, my ministry is flourishing. Not because I've become more talented, <laughs> not because I've been given a better uh, uh, title or authority, but because of that compound influence and the power of committing to this place. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to look at your job or your church or your title and your ministry to fulfill every gift and dream you have. Let me just tell you, I don't put it on Pastor Todd or Julie Mullins, our senior pastors. It's not their job to fulfill every dream or gift I have. I, I hear some people that we all have a gift to preach and share the word. And I love, I, you ought to preach. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. But you can do that outside of having the microphone on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. That, that it, it, It's Todd and Julie's job to create a church that is developing us and discipling us. And that's what they've done in my life and in my family is they have, they have challenged and they've put me in environments healthy soil that I've grown. And then I have found that if there's some 
gift or dream or hobby or thing I'm excited about, I can do that outside mm. uh, of, of my normal area. But staying planted here, serving the church and, and yeah. contributing to the church, it, it has a reciprocal effect of if whatever I give to, it'll come back to me pressed down, shaken together. Come on. I love that. It's so good. And I, I love that scripture so much because it's so encouraging to me. But even the, the next verse, it, it says that those who do that, who yeah. are planted, they will bear fruit in their old age and they'll they'll be green and they'll have, you know, looking at like a tree. And, and are you calling people, Pastor Matt old? Not, no. That was rude. I, I that was old. rude. No, I am old. But uh, I'm older I'm young in spirit, though. That's awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. I, I, and, and for me, and I think for us as like young people, we're like, we're 70, 80, I, I want to still be yeah. fruitful. Yeah. There's this inspiration. And so I think that you model that so well. Um, I would love if you could speak into that. But Chrissy, you were talking about the gap between where you are, where you want to be. And you're talking about Galatians chapter six with like, if, if, if you don't give up, don't so give sowing up. seeds. So can you speak into how we can sow seeds in the gap so that in our old age, we're still fruitful? Like, what does it look like to sow seeds in the gap. Well, sow sowing seeds. seeds is a faith step. It's sowing in faith to say, I'm doing this and I don't know if this is going to come back to me. I'm giving and serving. Does anybody notice? Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm investing in, I'm in school right now, in SCU, getting my master's degree. I don't that's know awesome. if that's going to help me or not. It's a lot of money, a lot of time, but I'm sowing seeds. Uh, John Maxwell, who I just love, he says, every day you're either preparing or repairing. Mm. And sowing seeds is preparing, preparing. So if you really, let me just challenge you. If you really believe, entrepreneur, you want to go pioneer and do something, I think you should be an intrapreneur and be part of this house. But if you're doing that, just prepare, sow seeds, practice, invest yourself. That compound influence yeah. happens is every, the faithfulness you talked about in the gap is be faithful where you're at. Make the most of every opportunity, the Bible says. Let me, I, I love it. Um, Port St. Lucie Young Adults. I'm there with with uh, Lewis and Kalisa. They have a traffic team. They've got people in the lobby. They've got people inviting. They've got people doing the work. Yeah. And I think if you're on the traffic team, make the most of that. If you're inviting people, invite five people. Follow up with them. Make the most of your opportunity. And then that, that's that. That's the seed sowing. Not knowing that people like Carissa, people like Tyler, people like me are watching. People like Todd and Julie, they know what, what investment is because they did it themselves. We're here. We're standing on their shoulders of their work they did. It's your time to start investing and doing, and then watch the Holy Spirit bring the increase. I love it. I love that too. I, I love that you brought up the second part of that verse because I think um, a long time feels like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. um, so Pastor Matt, I'd love if you could speak to just how you cultivate passion in mm. a series of years and years doing great. kind of the same thing for a long time? That, that's a great question. I, I will tell you, I've said it earlier, I am truly passionate about, I'm more passionate now than I've ever been. And in my 20s and 30s, man, I was going after it yeah. great. You know, you don't uh, start a campus in a school, ha hard work, if you're not passionate and driven. But um, while I'm getting older and while I'm doing things differently, working smarter, not harder, that's a whole other subject, yeah. um, I think what has helped me stay passionate is I keep the why in front of me. That's that's great. Your motivation, your why. And my why is seeing people grow in faith, 
seeing people take one step toward the cross, towards Jesus. And I look at stories, I seek out stories, I lean into stories. You know, one thing we do at our staff meetings on Thursday with Pastor Todd, Pastor Julie, is we take a moment to share stories at our campuses Mm -hmm. in young adults, because that fills them with the why of all the hard work they're doing. So the first thing is feed your why. If you're leading a group, look at the stories of people who are doing life change. People who are taking a step toward Jesus. The second thing I'd say is have fun doing it. <laughs> is it all right, Carissa, if we have a little fun? Come on. Totally fun. A little Starbucks time? What's wrong with that? Man, I want to I want to work hard, but I want to play hard. Yeah. Yep. And the last that. thing I'd say is have fun with friends. Mm. You need an inner circle. We talk groups every week here. That's for you. You Listen, your ministry is not a solo sport. It's a team sport. And I've always found a couple of people, inner, I have an inner circle, and it's changed over the years, that, that I do life with, that I share things with, the highs, the lows, the ups and downs, and we do ministry together. We work hard, we accomplish mission, and then we have fun and celebrate it. And that's why I'm excited and healthy now. Yeah, and I think those are all so applicable to every area of our life, right? Like, if you have a job that you kind of hate, <laughs> you can find your why, right? And, and feed your why. You can have fun, right? Find the rhythms in your life where it's, like you said, is it a vacation? It should be your Sabbath every week. Like, mm-hmm. what are the rhythms that are going to keep us passionate, keep us being able to push through the hard things in our jobs and our friendships, our relationships, in really any area we're trying to stay in? It's great. Perfect. Pastor Matt, you said this, I think, in the beginning. You were talking a little bit about um, discerning what season of life you're in. And so I love if you could speak to uh, how do we close out seasons well and know that a season is actually coming to an end? Is it, am I quitting because it's on me? Am I moving to the next thing because it, it's spirit-led? So what are what are some things that you would say to the person who's, who, who's thinking on moving on and is discerning? That's a great question. We've all been there. You, many times we hit kind of a, a lid or a door that, am I supposed to, you've said it, make it happen, press through, change, or am I supposed to stay? Uh, here's what my dad, who was a pastor, he just passed away a month ago, and he was my one of my iconic leaders in my life, preached a sermon that I'll never forget. He said, "God, when you're wondering what God wants you to do or to make a change, God will answer you in three ways. The first, he'll say, go. I'm, I'm releasing you. I'm opening the door. Go. The second, he says, no. He'll say, I, I, that's not the right thing. I want you to wait. I've got something better. Just yeah. trust me. But the third answer he'll say is grow, stay and grow. And so my answer to you is what I've had to come back to is when I felt like I'm supposed to go, am I supposed to go start something? Am I supposed to go leave? Is there another opportunity that many times God says stay and grow? Because when you stay when it's hard, when there's tension, when you don't sense that, oh, you, we can talk about, oh, the culture's not great in my organization. My leader doesn't give me the time. No one's investing in me. I'm not getting to use my gift. And those are legitimate, <laughs> valid things you need to talk out. But rather than go, stay and grow in those things. Oh, so if the culture isn't great, be the culture. If you're not getting to use your gift, whose fault is that? That's your responsibility. That's not your boss's responsibility. You find a place or an expression. I've written books. I'm in a master's yeah. degree. I do other things. Um, if if um, there's a tension in the relationship, don't go. Stay and talk it out yeah. and grow. Actually, what God's doing is he's building some techniques and habits and behaviors that will serve you in your next thing. I That's do great. think God is always moving us. Life is movement. 
Movement is growth. You will grow to the next thing, but God is refining you in the tension now to learn. Yeah. I'll say this last thing is the time that God has uh, moved me on, he has moved me on at times, is when I had learned the lessons, mm. built the relationship, reconciliation. There's been life. I, I, we've won the game. We, we, we climb the hill. And then God says, okay, now you're too comfortable. <laughs> now it's too perfect. Now I want to give you the next challenge, the mountain mm-hmm. to climb. That's the time when God says go. Wow. I love that. All of those, uh, those things you said, like, I'm not using my gifts. It's too hard. I've said all of those things. So I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I've said it all. So you're not alone. If you're feeling that way, if you're listening and you're like, man, I've said all those yeah. things. I have too. So, you know, I love I love that you said that, Pastor Matt, because I, I'm thinking about the verse that says, wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. And I think, you know, there that I think that applies to a lot of areas of our life. But when we get that no or not yet or that grow, we think it's all up to us. You know, perseverance is like just like pushing through, pushing really hard. But really, like, let's not under spiritualize the fact that God gives us our strength and that he will help us push through those hard seasons. And there's work that he's doing through the waiting. And yeah, I think that discernment piece is so crucial because we often um, are sensing just like this thing in us. We're like, oh, we feel something. Is it is it that I need to move on? Is it that I need to quit? Is it that I need to step into the next thing? Um, or is it, like you said, that is there a problem to be solved? Is there something we need to talk out and seek wise counsel? Get in, get in the room with somebody who's who's a little bit ahead of you yeah, in, on the journey and, and ask them those questions. Hey, do you feel like this is a new season for me? Would you pray with me? Um, I haven't made the decision yet. I want to invite you into yeah. the decision oh, making. Good. Pastor yeah. Matt, would you help me pray about whether this is a new season I need to step into because the truth is um, when things are hard, our vision is blurry, right? When things are really difficult, Mm -hmm. we have a hard time seeing things objectively. And so it's really important to get people in our life that are going to go, let me help you see through, Mm -hmm. through all of this hard stuff. Let's, let's look at this really objectively and decide where God is, is moving you. And, you know, I think about like in those seasons, you're, if you're feeling a transition coming, you're, you're constantly looking at the next thing. It feels like sometimes you're straddling the fence between where you're at now and, and where you're going. And so I feel like I've been a supervisor where somebody has been in that, in that season, right? Like somebody that's, that works on my team has, has felt like there's this transition coming. And so they're halfway in the job that they're currently in and then they're halfway out, right? Whether it's mentally or accessibility, whatever it is, they're halfway in and halfway out and and you just don't get the best of someone in those seasons. And so my encouragement would be if you're feeling like there's a transition season coming, don't sell short the people you're currently serving with or don't sell short where you're currently at because you're still 100% in that job or you're still 100% in that friendship or 100% in that season. So don't, don't be too quick to step into the next one um, until you for sure know that there's a transition coming. And um, I think to speaking to that next season or that next transition, when, when God says go, um, I I love to think about the, just like the way that God has opened doors in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never really had to beat down a door that God was just going to open up Mm -hmm. for me. And, and if I did have to beat it down, right, if I did have to go kicking, screaming, manipulating my way to open a door, 
it probably isn't God's best for me, right? Yeah. I probably made it happen in my own strength. Exactly. And um, I think that's an important thing to note is like if you're manipulating your way out of something or manip- manipulating your way into something, it's probably not the best thing for you. Yeah. Well, there's a scripture that says uh, your gifts will make room for you. The other interpretation of that is your gifts will put you before great people or kings. And I think your job right now in your life, wherever you're at, is to work on yourself mm. and, and to work on your gifts. You know, we talk about our discipleship strategy is no grow, discover, impact. Your job and my job, I'm still doing this, is I'm trying to discover my gifts and my purpose. Yeah. And that's why it's important to stay to persevere through the tough times, yep. stay in the same place with the same people who know you best, who can say, "Ooh, I need, you need to work on this." So I love that. Yeah, I was thinking about King David, and when he was anointed, mm-hmm. you would think he could be sensing, like, "Oh, this is a season of transition for me. I, I'm going to be moving on here, right? Like, I'm ready to to step into the next thing." And yet, he went right back to the field. Right. Right. He was going right back to the place he was found and he stayed there for a very long time before he was king. And so I think it's so important to discern. Is this from is this something that I'm feeling or is this actually God? Right. This is it's a spiritual thing to uproot. You talked about those who are planted in the house of the Lord uprooting from being planted. It's a really spiritual, it's a big spiritual Mm -hmm. decision. It has significant consequences and a big impact. So I think it's great to get the right people around you, the right voices speaking into it and really pray that God would help you know. That's fantastic. I love that you said in the season of transition, don't um, like sell short, don't kind of halfway give yourself to the people you're with. Super practical example. I remember I was 19 years old um, playing soccer in college and it was a season where God, I felt God calling me to ministry. So I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't need this class anymore. And it was like the last two months and I just stopped trying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get a C, it's, it's not a ministry course. When I transferred, guess what came with me? <laughs> my C. <laughs> and it made it onto my transcript. And it was one of those things of like, man, like I, I did stop short in, in that season. That was honest transition, but I didn't. And there's been so many other examples I could, I could tell myself from, but we don't have to, you yeah. know, I love that we said like, don't, be present in those moments until, yes. you know, yeah. that, was, that was so profound. It was. So profound. Pastor Matt, I, I, I heard you talk about this earlier because when we talk about staying, I want to stay, but it's it's a toxic environment. I've heard you say some really great maybe insights around the perspective around toxic culture or environment. What would you say the person who's like, nope, can't stay here. It's just, it's not me. It's, it's them. It's like a, a breakup, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... I think, um, yeah, I don't want you to stay in a toxic culture. I, I'm not here at Christ Fellowship, but at other places, I've, I've experienced that. In fact, one of the reasons I'm so thankful for Christ Fellowship um, is this is a good place. This is a, These are good people. We, we, we're on mission and doing it. So it, it, if you feel like you are in a toxic environment or a toxic relationship, oh. that's not good. I think um, you, you honor people mm-hmm. because similar to your analogy you just shared about the CE class, People follow you. You don't say goodbye to relationships. When there's a divorce, guess what? That person is still there. Mm-hmm. And so um, you may divorce. What you're doing is you're divorcing a job, divorcing a church, divorcing a person. I hate to use that word, but that's a that's a painful word. That's yeah. what's happening. So you want to honor them. Uh, but I, I do think that you want to bring healthy people into your life. You want to be around life-giving people. Yeah. And so... 
I think you honor them, but you remove them. Um, I, I love everybody, but I invest myself intentionally with people. I mentioned about how I stay passionate about having fun with the inner circle. Those inner circle people aren't just buddies. They're people, men and women, that that are, I had a text this morning before I came of a, a husband and a wife that are good friends at the Stewart campus who just sent a prayer of encouragement to me. Wow. It touched me. Yeah. You know, they're givers. So so I think um, I want to give to people who are going to reciprocate and give back. So I think it's good to find life-giving people and identify, I'll tell you this, Here's this is a little off subject, but my mom would teach me, Matt, don't ever marry someone because you're going to fix them. Hmm. So you can love and serve and minister to people, but your inner circle, whether it's your spouse or friends or coworkers, you do want to be with people that are going to give something, add value to you mm. so that you can flourish. Part of flourishing is being in a flourishing environment. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I'm healthier than ever because 17 years Christ Fellowship. I've been with good people that have uh, brought authority and counsel, and I've submitted myself to them. And that, so the, going back to the entrepreneur a little bit, you know, you can you can dream and do bigger things when you're in a a place where you've submitted yourself to leadership there. But if those people are not honoring you, are living immorally, or those things, then that's where, as you said, Carissa, you get someone that you do see as godly and wise, and mm -hmm. say. Help me see this. And then I think you have permission to say, I've got to release myself from that toxic environment. Yeah, I would agree with everything you said, Pastor Matt. I think there are some things you should not stay in, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and that's really hard to see on your own. So you need you yeah. need people speaking into it, wise counsel that's going to help you see what you can't see for yourself. I think if anything is, you know, physically harming you, right? Or emotionally scarring you. Um, if there's, if you are in an unhealthy relationship or job that's, that's doing anything like that, you should not stay, right? <laughs> you should get out of there immediately. Yeah. Um, but always inviting people into the process, because I think sometimes we feel like, oh man, this job is just taking a toll on me. It's so, so hard. It's so difficult. And it's like, Maybe you need to learn some perseverance. Yeah. Maybe you need to stay in that. But if it's like it's if it's really unhealthy, if it's really significantly harming you, do not stay. Do Absolutely. not stay. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned something that was was so pivotal. I'm just processing 17 years. What has covering done for your life? Because I think when we uproot ourselves, mm. we remove ourselves from a covering of leadership, you know, whatever it is, like a, a safeguard. What has, has being under someone else's authority done for you over the last 17 years? Well, I'm so passionate about that. I, I believe in that so much. It's one of the reasons, many reasons I, I've stayed at Christ Fellowship is if you are a dreamer driver, like what I've said, you know, if you have a pulse and you want to do something great or you're creative or you want to, as Carissa said, be your own boss and try something new, you need guardrails and guidelines in your life. Yeah. The word rule, I used to hate the word, I hate rules, you know, but I've learned to appreciate rules. Rule comes from the Greek word trellis. A trellis is something that you put in your yard for a, like a, a bougainvillea or a plant that you want to train it to grow and flourish the right way. Mm -hmm. If there's no trellis or rule, it grows wherever it wants to go. And so uh, if you want to see your dream take flight and see compound influence, you need rules and you need guardrails. And so to, to your question, um, it, it, it means inviting people, not everybody, 
Not everybody deserves to give input into your life, but some people that have gone before you that show integrity, that show a trend of consistency and holiness and yeah. success, you you invite them in your life and you willingly submit yourself to them. Because here's why, I don't trust myself. There are some areas I trust myself in, there's some areas I've learned the hard way. Ooh, I'm not strong on that. David in the Bible, didn't, couldn't trust himself, so he invited Nathan in his life, and before that, Samuel. You need a Samuel really and a great. Nathan in your life. I tell people all the time, every one of us need a pastor in our life. Let me ask you the question, who have you allowed to be the pastor in your life, in young adults? You need to find someone now, go to them and say, I'm giving you permission to speak truth in my life, and I'm here to serve and add value. That's when you're going to see your life flourish. That's when you're going to see your dreams realized, because God can't trust you if you aren't under submission. Let that sit for a minute. <laughs> that was really, really great. Last last question as we close out. Carissa, if you want to lead with this, what's what's your one piece of advice you have for young adults on on the idea of staying in the season? Yeah, I am super passionate about this conversation, obviously. And, you know, I think, uh, like I said from the beginning, the difference between starting and finishing, right? Finishing this race that God has marked out for us, thinking the long game, right? Thinking of the rest of your life forever, making it through and and really finishing the work that God has has planned out for you. Um, We've got to stay. We've got to stay faithful. God has to find us faithful. And, um, you know, I I think about the word shortcut. It's something we always kind of look for, right? We're always looking for the shortcuts in life. We even say stuff like work smarter, not harder, which I think is a great concept, but not necessarily applied to all parts of our life because shortcuts cut our growth short. That's what they do. They cut our growth short. And so when you feel like quitting, don't push harder when, unless it's unhealthy. Right. But when you're, when you're feeling like this is just too hard, I'm not going to make it. I want the next job. Push harder when you're in a relationship and things are getting messy. Try to reconcile, right? Push, lean in, don't lean away. Don't isolate yourself because that is the easy way out. Quitting is the easy way out. It's the cop out and, and shortcuts, they cut our growth short. So I would just encourage you the next time you're sensing that you want to quit, or the next time you're sensing you want to uproot or, or no longer stay where you're at, I would just encourage you to, to commit to six more months. Just say, I'm going to push through for That's six good. more months yes. and see what God might do through, through staying. Pastor Matt. That is so good what you said. Um, I would say, could it be that God has sovereignly placed you right where you're at today? That's great. And that's the place where you're going to fulfill your dream. And you're going to build it from the ground up, starting day one. I love what you said. Give it six months. Put the work in. You're in the gymnasium of your life. (laughs) And you're going to need the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew your strength. But uh, don't look for some other place or other person to do it. It's you and God right where you're at. Love it. My goodness. Just the the last few minutes of wisdom that was just uh, dropped at this table it was fantastic, and uh, thank you both for, for being with us today. And if you're still with us, we, we love you. Make sure to share this with somebody. You can share it on YouTube, share it on your social media. If I had a Twitter, I would, I would tweet what Chris had just said. <laughs> uh, but we're really excited for all that God's going to do this year and, and all the things that he has coming this way. But we love you. Until next time, we will see you later.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Don't forget to tune in Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. on our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.